fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Twenty dwarves took turns doing handstands on the carpet. Twenty dwarves took turns doing handstands on the carpet. Twenty dwarves. Twenty dwarves. Pat, Bo, how you doing? I'm doing well, John. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, I'm not at work, so I'm doing great. Right? I was, mm-hmm. was going to say, all's well here. I think I heard you saying that as you were walking down the hall today, John. Of of many things, yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yeah. There was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of just kind of rocking back and forth. I think I <laughs> sat down on the floor for a while, just hugged my knees and rocked back and forth, and yeah, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about my mental breakdown. We're here to talk about. No. Bugsy Siegel's breakdown. Um, I'm sorry, Benjamin. Don't call it. Nobody mm-hmm. he doesn't like it when people call him Bugsy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, as you can hear already, I have uh, Patrick Canigallo and Bo Warmbold with me. Uh, we are nope. the 30 something movie podcast. Hey, hey. Not only are we the 30 something movie podcast, but we are the law. Mm-hmm. Saw that a while ago. I didn't we know. are the law. I am the law. I am the law. Did you watch Judge Dredd, Sliced Alone, or Dredd with the guy that was Dr. Carl. McCoy and Prince Aylmer and... Carl Urban? Yes, Carl yes. Urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't do like I did the one time. You remember the one time when we were doing the... Um, uh, which one was it? Was it Soap Dish? And I kept calling him uh, Calvin Klein, and it was Kevin Klein? Yeah, that was right. Yeah, that was the one, right. The one time I accidentally said Keith Urban instead of Carl Urban. Yeah, that's not yeah. good. That's not the same person either. That's a different movie. That's that's a totally different movie. Completely different. I don't know that I can picture I, Keith Urban. I am the law. <laughs> that's That was more of like a, like a New York accent. That was almost like a uh, John F. Kennedy accent instead of a... I am the law. I am the law. I am the I'll law. see you Jada. out on the beach. I am the law. <laughs> Well, I am a Carl Urban fan. It's I'll tell you that. I'm New just going to throw that out there. Chata. Fantastic. Uh, a fantastic portrayal of Dr. McCoy, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was great in uh, Ragnarok, Thor of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, all that. Although I want to cycle back because when we were just discussing accents, we said New York. And I, then we pivoted right to the Kennedys. And I'm just saying before we. Yeah, Boston, Boston and, yeah. you know, and I, I, and, was, I um, was originally thinking that mine was very much more of like a New York, but then I kept thinking, nah, it's it's a little bit more, a little more JFK, a little right. too much Kennedy. Yeah, right. And uh, I, 
again, I'm just making sure that our, our fans on the Eastern seaboard don't what hear Pat's that. What Pat's saying is don't send us the emails. We know. <laughs> yep. Dear Lord already. <laughs> You've been Pat Splained. <laughs> what are we? It's okay. Even, We've gone a couple of weeks without in. one of those, so we needed it. Oh, no. Oh, that's true. That's oh, true. No. We're not even five minutes in this one. Uh, already been Pat Splained. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hold on. Let I'm me, sorry, guys. Let me real quick. Uh, and this is a mafia movie, so that's probably going to come on. And then, did any kids get hurt in the making of this film? I didn't see many kids in this film. No, I don't know if they had kids. kids. Okay, no kids. All right. Next Now, next week. I'm just trying to mark down. Well, next week. Yeah. Or last week. That'll be. <laughs> meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile, or whenever meanwhile. week that one comes out. <laughs> oh, I, ooh, a Stephen Colbert fan, I see. Yes. There you go. Ah, oh, man, I have not watched Colbert and. We are, in fact, we we usually just kind of wait until we, a lot of times we won't even necessarily watch who the guest is. We just no, wait we to just see. watch the monologue and then shut it down. Yep. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get through the monologue and we'll be like, is it quarantine well? Is he going to do quarantine? No? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. All right. We'll watch a little bit longer. Cool. But sometimes, just sometimes. Cool. All right. All right. Well, this time, we're not talking about Stephen Colbert this time, but if he ever wants to, I mean, if he's listening and he wants to come on the show, I'm... I think it'd be great. I'm Stephen, we love you. Yep. Yeah. Stephen, if you're out mowing your lawn right now, um, right. and you'd like to right. be on our show, you just let me know and we'll fire it up. We'll make it possible. Big yes. fans. Big fans. All right. Well, so this time around, we are talking Bugsy. Um, and uh, th- this is one that I had not, um, I think I'd seen some bits and pieces, but I had not seen the whole movie of this one. So uh, this this is yeah. the fir- first time viewing for me. Um, yeah. But uh, man, be- and, and we'll get into it and we'll, we'll start going through, you know, all the background stuff for this, but a lot of stars in this movie. Yeah. Like this one was packed. Yeah. Oh, no, no shortage of, uh, no shortage of celebrities there. All right. Well, before we could jump into everything, let me just go ahead and do our spoiler alert. We spoil freely. So this is your only warning at this point. Um, the 30 something movie podcast is also part of the scene stealers podcast network. This episode is sponsored by scene stealers, international convention agent who have a top class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your comic-con or event. For more information, check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. Um, and now would be a good time to do that because as I'm seeing, there are a bunch of, uh, I know a lot of the conventions got a plan like eight, nine months out into the future. And, and I'm seeing that a lot of them are starting to plan for in-person stuff again. So I, I'm, I'm fingers crossed. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm also going to be cautious no matter what. Um, the one we normally go to the C2E2 in Chicago, um, you know, obviously they had to cancel it, uh, for this year in the spring, but they are planning on a second week of December show. So fingers crossed that Mm -hmm. people aren't stupid and we don't start to fall backwards on things. That seems to be a a big ask right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, so if you are, if you're looking for uh, trying to get people hired or, or bring some movie or TV stars in for your Comic-Con or event, uh, go ahead and check out scenestealersglobal.com. Um, and then if you want to see more about our show, you can go visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's 30podcast.com. Uh, there's a spot there where you can rate the show. You can leave a voicemail. You can become a co-executive producer on Patreon, where we have some uh, additional content there. And uh, there are other benefits to being a co-executive producer. Like you can join us for a show. You can suggest a show. Um, all kinds of different stuff. So there are all kinds of great things there. Um, and thank you. Thank you to our co-executive yeah. producers. Yes, that's thank huge. you all very much. That is, I mean, we appreciate the love. I, I, I sound like a broken record when I say this. Wow, that's crazy that people pay us. <laughs> I mean, or, you know, and pay us is wrong. I, that's, uh, yeah. but I mean, that's, contribute to that's help awesome. That's huge. I, I just contribute to help keep the lights on. Yeah. I mean, that's even like, I, I just don't know what to say. That's just amazing yeah. and incredibly generous. And so just many, many thanks. Many, um, many thanks. I did want to, uh, I did want to comment. I, um, uh, I'll read, I'll read the whole thing here. Um, so this is from, I actually got a, a message on Twitter from uh, another podcaster. Um, her name is Rocky Powell, and she's got a podcast called Wild Nights with Rocky Powell. And she interviews, I, it, I mean, so far the, the episodes I've listened to, they are like actors and artists and other people. Um, you know, some of them names you might not necessarily recognize, you know, not, it, it's not like, you know, Richard Gere or somebody like that. Um, but uh, no, some fun episodes so far. Basically her show is interviewing people about the wildest night they've ever had. Oh, wow. So don't, I mean, if you're listening to it, don't ever assume it's necessarily going to be family friendly. So don't have, maybe don't have it on in the car with the kids. Uh, no, I can imagine not. However. But it's been some fun stories to kind of, you know, live, I, live vicariously through other people's I, yes. wild adventures and sometimes cautiously stand at a distance and be like, that sounds like you had fun. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would not want to do that, but that sounds like you had fun. Um, so anyway, she actually reached out. Um, Are you uh, saying it's, it's uh, more powerful than a shot of uh, prairie fire? Uh, it could. Well, I don't know. I don't oh. know. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. A poorly made shot of prairie fire. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But still <clears throat> I digress with the Colonel's secret recipe, whatever that was. Oh, man. college bar, crappy bartender <sighs> secret recipe is what that was. <sighs> Hot catfish is still what I think that tasted like. I do not know how oh, a yeah. shot can taste like hot catfish. Anyway. Um, so she sent me a message. She said, Hey guys, uh, just wanted to reach out because on Mondays I usually have a bunch of free time that I use to listen to podcasts. I've been meaning to check out. I listened to you guys today and really loved your show. Um, I oh. haven't seen LA story. I think that was the one she had been listening to. Uh, I haven't seen LA story, but actually just recently watched Steve Martin on comedians in cars, which got mentioned. Um, she said the three questions at the end was a favorite part of mine because I was doing some cleaning in my kitchen and I felt the need to answer them as I went along. Um, looking forward to your Boys in the Hood episode and others. Oh, and P.S. The theater major in me loved that one of you called it the Scottish play. Um, and then she said she left us a review on uh, on iTunes. And, Tip uh, to the English yeah, teacher. So, yeah. So 
Yeah, so that was Aww. that was awesome. So I, I was listening to her show and uh, and and love that one too. That was a lot of fun. So I think I'm gonna that'll be regular rotation on my podcast. But uh, yeah, if anybody wants to check out her show, it's called Wild Nights with Rocky Powell. Awesome. Well, first of all, thanks for the review. That's pretty cool, and uh, uh, thank you so much for checking it out. And I, the premise of her show sounds fantastic. I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna check that out as soon as we're uh, as soon as we're done here. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think uh, unless you gentlemen have anything else before we jump on into the movie here, anything you're dying to tell the people? No. Uh, No. Okay. All right. (laughs) It's great. It's a load bearing wall. Move it. Take it out. Put a window in it. (laughs) 20 dwarves, 20 dwarves. All right. Well, our movie this time around is Bugsy. Came out on the 20th of December, 1991, rated R, with a runtime of two hours and 16 minutes. Barry Levinson is the director, also did Rain Man and Wag the Dog. Uh, he's an excellent, excellent director. Excellent, excellent director. Um, Judge Wapner. Producers on this one were Warren Beatty, Barry Levinson, and Mark Johnson. Beatty did Bonnie and Clyde and Reds. Levinson did Sleepers and the TV series Borgia. Johnson did Rain Man and Breaking Bad. Writers for this one were James Toback and Dean Jennings, who wrote the novel. Toback uh, did The Gambler and When Will I Be Loved. Uh, Jennings also wrote, um, I believe, a novel that was based, uh, let's see, there was a movie based on it called The Steel Cage. Uh, I think different novel that he wrote. Cinematography was done by Alan Davio, who died in 2020. Also was cinematographer for E.T. and Empire of the Sun. Music was done by Ennio Morricone. Uh, did a couple things here and there. He passed away oh, in 2020. Yes. Just a few little things. Mm-hmm. Um, passed away in 2020 also did the untouchables and the good, the bad and the ugly budget for this one was 30 million box office was 49.1 million. So made a little bit, uh, made its money back and a little bit more, not, uh, you know, not a blockbuster by any means, but made its money back. Uh, flick metrics gives this one a 74% and cinema score gives it a B. Uh, Warren Beatty played Ben Bugsy. Well, don't, don't call him Bugsy. Mm. You don't like it when you call him Bugsy. Uh, ben Bugsy Siegel. He was in Reds and Dick Tracy. Annette Benning played Virginia Hill. She was in American Beauty and the American President. Uh, very American, seems like. Uh, Harvey Keitel played Mickey Cohen. He was in Thelma, Louise, and Pulp Fiction. Ben Kingsley played Meyer Lansky. He was in Gandhi and Schindler's List. Elliot Gould played Harry Greenberg. He was in MASH and Ocean's Eleven. Joe Mantegna played George. He was in The Godfather Part Three and The Three Amigos. Harry Flugelman, uh, Richard C. Serafian, I probably said that wrong, uh, died in 2013, played Jack Dragna. He was in Bullworth and Don Juan DeMarco. B.B. Newworth played Countess DeFrasso. She was on Cheers and also in the movie Jumanji. Wendy Phillips played Esta Siegel. She was in Midnight Run and The Wizard. Stephanie Mason played Millicent Siegel. She was in Sears. Uh, she was in Sears. She was shopping in Sears the other day, even though none of them are still open anymore. Uh, she was in Cheers. And then she was also in the TV series L.A. Law. Kimberly oh. McCullough played Barbara Siegel. She was on General Hospital and in the movie Legally Blonde. Andy Romano played Del Webb. He was in Under Siege and Major League. Bill Graham, who died in 91, played Charlie Luciano. He was in The Doors and Apocalypse Now. And Louis Van Bergen, who died in 2018, played Joey Adonis, who was in Relic and Stir Crazy. Uh, the New York mobster, Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, leaves New York City to dip into the glamour of Hollywood, California, and to build up syndicate gambling rackets. 
bowled over by actress Virginia Hill, played by Annette Benning. The dapper Siegel courts her, despite having a wife and children. Obsessed with creating a gambling haven, Siegel takes racketeering to the Nevada desert and helps develop Las Vegas, only to find himself in deep water over his reckless construction of the Flamingo Hotel. Hollywood has always been fascinated by gangsters. In 1943, a gangster became fascinated with Hollywood. Just had this suit pressed. Take your paws off it. So one guy came in here and robbed five guys of $56,000 in their own place of business and got away scot-free. The rest of the time, you're just another good-looking, sweet-talking, charm-oozing fellow with nothing to offer but some dialogue. Why don't you run outside and jerk yourself a soda? Who are you referring to? Premium fruitcake? If I were you, I would get that money back by 7 o'clock tonight. Famous isn't good, Ben. For Clark Gable, it's good. For Joe DiMaggio, it's good. Famous for you, it's not good. Ben! He's my brother! Did you think you could steal from me, from Maya Lansky and Charlie Luciano, and get away with it? You are going to kill Mussolini personally in the middle of a war? Ben, I don't understand this desert thing of yours. What are we, Bedouins? What are you talking about here? A whole house. I'm talking about a hotel. I'm talking about a place where gambling is allowed. To our destiny, Las Vegas. A hotel in the middle of the Mojave Desert, 500 miles away from the nearest toilet bowl. Truth is, he's not even interested in money for himself off this deal. He's interested in the idea. What idea? Building something, making something. Then he's a dreamer. Blow my head off! Do it! Do it! have you concocted in your sick mind? I believe he was blinded by love. Benny's always put women first. That's what makes him Benny. Only this time it's one woman that's got him instead of the whole damn female race. I'm sure you're right about the things that you want to get. Do you always talk this much before you do it? I only talk this much before I'm going to kill someone. So, Bugsy, one word, short phrase. How'd this movie make you feel? Like I wanted to go to Vegas. Yeah, it intrigued. I felt conflicted. There is no conflict. There is no conflict. I feel the good in you, the conflict. Okay, we're not talking about that one. Because if I get started, it's going to be like this. It's going to be just like Good Morning Vietnam, and it's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't destroy John, me before, and I can't believe you'd bring yourself to kill me now. All right, go ahead. I, uh, I, I just wanted to say, I don't want to break, I don't want to break our flow. No. You, know, you, don't, you don't want to ever break the flow, Mm-mm. but... Explain yourself, uh, uh, conflicted or unless, unless that's coming in a later segment, I don't want to. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I will say conflicted because 
there were not conflicted because it was a bad movie conflicted because, um, and, and this is kind of one of my other first questions I was going to ask, um, will kind of lead into this, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. How do I want to say this? I wasn't a hundred percent sure of the goal of the movie. Mm. And I, when I say that, I mean, in terms of, was I supposed to feel a connection to Bugsy Siegel? Was I supposed to be sympathetic towards him? Because there were, I mean, and I mean, that's a sign of a, of a complex character is that there were times where I, you know, hated the guy and I'm like, yeah, he's clearly he's a villain. He's a terrible person. But then there were other times I was like, all right, I, I can kind of understand his, you know, his drive and why he's doing this and what he wants. And I, so there were moments in this movie where I was like, Hmm, I can't tell if the director wants me to come away from this liking him or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a sign of a well-rounded character is that you're not really supposed to fully like, you know, especially if it's a character like this, where yes, he's a criminal and yes, he kills people, but yes. I mean, he also had this vision for, you know, he wanted to bring people entertainment. He wanted to have something live beyond himself. You know, he wanted to leave a legacy of something that wasn't, you know, just all about the criminal underworld piece and, and all that stuff. But so I, that's the only reason conflict and not, it's, it's not necessarily a negative conflicted. Like Meyer Lansky was pretty conflicted too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loved him, but wanted him dead just as much. Right. Right. So my feeling of, of conflict is, uh, I think, a sign of some good storytelling and, and good character building. Right. So, Bo, you said it made you want to go to Vegas. Have you been to Vegas before? No, I haven't, okay. actually, um, which is probably why I want to go. Okay. <laughs> I love I, I love the idea of the history of Vegas mm-hmm. so much. It's one of those like so quintessentially American dreamy type places, you know, and we took nothing and made it something. And it's a, you know, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. And then you start to realize all the things that have been and have already left, like they have already imploded half a dozen casinos and built new ones. And mm-hmm. it hasn't really been that long. It's just kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. think about the whole history of Vegas and the, um, and the whole like the fact that the mob helped build Vegas, and yeah, it made them a lot of money, but they also did this really cool thing. But they are still the mob, and, and the whole thing just intrigues me so much. Yeah. Well, that's and and my mother-in-law will always tell the story that um, when. I think it was pretty early on um, when my wife's parents got married, they won. I'm, I'm forgetting what the business was, but some business that, uh, that they were doing business with, um, they won a trip to Vegas. And so they went out to Vegas and this would have been, this probably would have been early seventies, maybe if I'm remembering that right. Um, It would have been late, like late sixties, early seventies probably. And uh, you know, in the heyday of when you know this whole thing is still being run by the mob and, and um, yeah, she, she'll always tell that story about how they went and how they didn't really, either they didn't know it or they didn't think about it at the time, you know, that 
how things were run out there. And, and, uh, her one thing she's, she's always funny about saying is it's like, yeah. And everywhere we went, like everybody wanted a tip. Like, and, and we just, we didn't tip anybody cause we didn't know that, that, or we just weren't going to do that. And so like, you know, every single person, it didn't matter what you were doing. Somebody like always had their hand out for a tip. <laughs> and that's what they, that's part of what they remember about Vegas is like, everybody wants a tip. Like no matter where you are, you know, if you're going to get seated somewhere, you're going to get seated in the, in the crummy seats, unless you tip the guy to seat you in the yeah. good seats or yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I myself have also never been to Vegas. Uh, closest I've gotten is Reno, but, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's not Vegas, um, by any stretch. And I don't know that I really have, I mean, the, the history of it is interesting, but I don't know that I have any desire to go there. Like I'm not a, I'm, I'm a terrible enough gambler that, uh, it would do me no good. Um, oh, I think the, oh yeah, I'm with you gambling yeah. now, but the flashing lights and the shows and the, just the walking around and the, you know just being able to see it yeah. I think would just be amazing yeah hmm. what about you Pat have you, ever been to, have you ever been to Vegas I have not been to Vegas okay. um you know I I know a couple of people that live out there and you know went to school out there and all that kind of thing um yeah I I don't um I don't personally have much of a desire to go um, now go back in time and see some of Frank Sinatra shows out there and all that kind of the pack, the rat pack. I mean, that would be worth it. Um, and I know that they really try to have like family shows and, you know, I mean, it's, it's really, it's just kind of changing how they're doing the things. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's not been my thing. I, I but I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I don't, not a gambler, not, you know, the, a lot of what they have to offer isn't quite uh, uh, my thing. So, no, I, I have never been to Vegas. I know some people that have and had a great time or maybe not such a great time or had a great time because overall they're up. Even though this trip, they they came back and they lost some. But overall, I'm up. So, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah. My uh, When we do play cards at at home, uh, my wife does keep a book cause we don't play with actual money. We just remember, we just write down what everybody right. like would have owed if you were playing. Right. And, uh, this book proves why I should never go to Vegas or do yeah. any gambling whatsoever. Um, I think I'm currently down and, and we play for like nickels and dimes. Uh-huh. So it's like not a, not a lot of money at all. I think I'm down like nine bucks. Yeah. Which in our game is quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah. no, it's, it's already been every time we play cards, proves you can't bluff your wife. Well, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> These are yeah, IOUs. They're yeah. just as good as money. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. pretty much been proven that I should not try to ever go gambling anywhere. Yeah. And, sh- and, and, uh, your wife, uh, keeps this book, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, whenever family so, comes over and we, and we play cards, we've got the, and, and the kids, you know, their names are in there too. And they're doing a whole lot better than I am also. So, so, so you think you're not playing for money. You think that you're not owing, but then all of a sudden the bill's going to come due and well, uh, she's going to pull that ledger out like the guy in the untouchables and just, mm, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be, there's going to be an entry for husband. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the unspoken rule, I think. That's right. And as long as I keep it unspoken, I think it just will be fine. Yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. Yeah. So what, uh, um, what about this movie? So what do you think? So let me ask that question. What do you think is the central goal of this movie? Is the goal of this movie to 
just entertain with the story of a colorful figure? Do you think it's meant to educate us about the history of Las Vegas? Is it, you know, supposed to be making us aware of some kind of social issue or issues related to the mob or what is it? What, what do you think the goal of this movie was? I think they wanted to tell the story of Bugsy. Don't call him that. Right. Oh, it would be the last thing well, you that, do. Not to his face. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I just think, I think that was it. I think they wanted to tell that story because they thought, well, it'd be a good story. Mm-hmm. And they're not wrong. Yeah, it, it was a good, it was a good story. I, I mean, it was pretty fictionalized. I, it, at least that's kind of the, the stuff that I had found. Cause I always like to do fact versus fiction. Is this historically accurate and kind of base it off of, um, you know, stuff that I read or, or studied or whatnot. And, uh, it, you know, and, and like anything, you know, that's got elements of it that are, that I think are historically accurate about, you know, where, kind of how Las Vegas came to be and, you know, involvement from different, uh, you know, crime families and all that kind of thing. And I know that like, you know, uh, uh, some of the, you know, the, his partners, you you know, they're Mary, Mayor Lansky and Charlie, I think it was, it was Charlie, but I think it was, his nickname was lucky, lucky Mm -hmm. Luciano. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those, those guys figure in. And so I, I think if I'm, and I might be way off, but in the, in some of the studying I've done, I, I think that like kind of his mannerisms and how he was, was pretty somewhat accurate. It's just that there was a lot of fiction kind of around that. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, well, cause I think if, if you and I read some of the same stuff, I think some of it was, it you know, building up Las Vegas wasn't even his idea. Like there were already right. a couple of other, um, Oh, what were the, there were a couple other nightclubs or other hotels. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. I, I'd written it down here. Um, the Flamingo was the third major property on the Las Vegas Strip behind the El Rancho and the Last Frontier. Okay. And that it wasn't originally his idea to build. And it wasn't as out in the middle of nowhere as they showed in the movie. There was a few other things where it was. Right. Yeah. So, so I think cycling back to your question, I feel like this movie is supposed to be entertainment, you know, drama kind of a thing. Um, spoilers, uh, maybe tragedy, you know, maybe it's supposed to be like Shakespearean tragedy kind of thing. You know, you have the, like kind of a flawed character that, you know, in one sense, are you really going to be rooting for like the, the gang, you know, the gangster, you know, I mean, and he, he was like, obviously a, you know, killer. And, um, I think because the movie hits, it, it's not just a, you know, like a, a, dram- a dramatized kind of pseudo documentary. It hits on the cylinders of a guy trying to do something, make something, you know, kind of uh, start something new. And uh, do you know what I'm saying? And so I think that's where, I think that's what draws you in is because like, you know, even if you took out all the gangland kind of stuff and the hits and the, you know, all this kind of thing, I think you'd still be fascinated by watching the movie. Right. Cause I mean, you know, is he going to get, 
is he going to get Las Vegas started and on all that kind of thing? So I think, um, yeah. So I think it's a good movie. I think it's, it's, it's interesting to watch. I think it's incredibly well acted. I mean, you know, the writing's good, all that kind of stuff, but it is not like a documentary kind of thing. It's, it's intended to be fictionalized, you know, around this person's life, this individual's life. Yeah. I thought the, I thought the relationship between him and Virginia was, was an interesting one that I, and I wondered, I mean, that I think my understanding is there are certain points of that, that were also fairly fictionalized, like how they met and um, you know, just certain bits and pieces, but uh, a, a very, uh, very hot and cold relationship there. Mm-hmm. I did. What was the one part? She throws something at him, hits him in the head. Uh, he's reading the newspaper. She hits him in the <laughs> He just kind of looks up and goes, well, that was unpleasant. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of lines, and I'm and I'm going to blank out on what the second one was. I should have written it down when we were watching it. There were a couple of lines in this movie that I was like, I feel like I could put those to use at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 not where he's ranting and raving as we've joked a couple of times now. Not that it, where he's ranting and raving about the hotel and you know where the load bearing wall should go and where the swimming pool should go and all that. Although mm-hmm. sometimes I do feel that way too. Right. But yeah, Annette Bening was great in this movie, you know. Oh, yeah. Holding her own, if not more, <laughs> than oh, yeah. Warren Beatty. Um, and, and I think, I mean, she was a real character, right? I mean, it wasn't like this is like a character composite or several characters. I mean, she was... Yeah, you know, no, that as, was, mm-hmm. as, as much as, you know, Benny Siegel was, you know, a real figure in the organized crime syndicate. She was a real, I don't know what the right term is. You know, I've seen it, you know, everything from socialite to, you know, kind of mob queen, you know, I mean, they, it's described in a couple of different ways. And so, you know, you're seeing, you know, like I said, it's not like a composite, entirely fictionalized character. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she, while she was an actress, um, it was, I was just looking on Wikipedia here real quick because uh, it had just a couple of points about her that, you know, she's listed, she's kind of almost listed first and foremost as an American organized crime figure. Mm. So she's not even, I mean, while she was also an actress, doesn't really, yeah. What did, did you say just a minute ago? Queen of the mob. I saw that in a, I saw that in a, um, like a, an article mm-hmm. kind of put that there. So, yeah, but it's a good, it's a good descriptor. At least it's a, it's a really good descriptor the way she was described in the movie. I found it really interesting that they talk so much about how fictionalized Bugsy was, but they don't really touch on how fictionalized she was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at yeah. least in all the stuff I read that at least I didn't find anything, which I thought was interesting. Well, it's, you know, the whole story is based off, the movie is based off that book. I mean, that would be for me, after seeing the movie, it would be nice to jump to the book and see what's yeah. wrapped up in there. 
because like I said, all my stuff is, it's kind of more survey class level history of organized crime in America, you know? And I don't like when this movie came out, I was just reading those books and reading those stories and all that. So, I mean, I was not, I did not see this movie when it came out for obvious reasons, but, um, I remember being highly aware of it. I remember the cover, uh, with the net bending and, um, what's his name? Who played Bugsy? Warren Beatty. Warren, Beatty. Warren mm-hmm. Beatty on the cover. I remember when it came out. I remember my folks talking about it. I remember it talking about Warren Beatty and Annette Benning getting married. You know, I remember this movie coming out, but actually, and same as you, John, I just only saw it this recently just for this, I think was the first time I saw it. So, mm-hmm. so one of the other things I noticed right away about this one is how, how they, how they colored and how they lit the movie, you know, kind of the, mm-hmm. the tone of this. And I mean, that was one of the things I noticed right away is that they're really trying to evoke the, you know, 1930s, 1940s kind of style of filmmaking with how everybody's lit, you know, kind of sometimes the, the very obvious, you know, brightly lit eyes, you know, everything else in the scene is, a, it's a bit of a vignette. It's, it's got the, uh, you know, it's got the, the darker, edges to everything, but the eyes are brightly lit or, you know, he's sitting in a room that if it's lit as much as he is, you'd think that, you know, the whole room should be lit up, but the rest of the room is dark and he's kind of in, in a bit of a spotlight there. And, um, right. so just, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Like, I love the way the movie was lit. I love kind of the tone that it set with just the visuals yeah. of everything. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll piggyback on that and talk about the audio. I thought the soundtrack was great. And I love the, I guess you could call it the soundtrack too, but all the music that was being played, the, uh, what's, what's that term for it? Diagenic. Diagenic, mm-hmm. diagenic music. Well, that's just fun to say, yeah. but I mean like listening to all the music and, and that music of the forties, which I'm just in love with. So. Yeah. It, good music. It was fun. Yeah. In addition to the audio or in the visual, the audio was pretty awesome in this movie too. So what worked for this movie? What's memorable about this? If, if you've seen this one before, or if this was a kind of a first time, um, what is it that sticks with you about Bugsy? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say the obvious, I'm going to hit the low hanging fruit right away. It was, it was a fun is a little bit of a, maybe not the best term. High energy. High energy. Yeah. It, it was a compelling story. Like you wanted to see what would happen. Did, did he build the hotel in Las Vegas or not? Right. Like, I want to know what happens. He's where, a tragic where figure. The, where did the pool end up? Right. Where did the pool end <laughs> right. up? Right. All that talk of the pool. And I don't think we got a really good mm-hmm. shot of that window. Nope. Yeah. That's what, if yeah. I was doing those, those ends, uh, the end credits where they put everything up and they're like, you know, she committed suicide a little bit later and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I would have just liked to have seen one quick little sentence. And the, <laughs> and the pool was placed on the Western side of the structure. Dude, I'm going on Google Maps right now. Okay. I'm going to find out if, they, if, it, if the I've, flamingo is still there. I <laughs> tried. It's been torn down. The flamingo is still there, yeah, still but there. it now has three pools, oh. and I don't know which one's the right one. <laughs> well, are they on the northeast and south sections? It's all over. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you think. I looked at it for a couple minutes, and I said, hmm, I don't know which one of these is the right well, one. See, that's that's right. the solution that he never thought of, is if you want the sun on the pool all day, just make three pools. Build more that's pools. Right. <laughs> right. That probably would have been a little bit more cost-effective than, mm-hmm. yeah. than moving the load-bearing wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
so I, I'd say, I'd say that works. I mean, the story, it sucks you in and you, you're enjoying watching it. You don't know what's going to happen next. And I, and the characters to me have depth. They're all flawed. They're not really good. Um, but they're not cardboard cutouts. It's not like, here's the bad guy. Here's the, you know, you're, you know, like Bugsy, you're trying to figure out what makes him tick. Then you realize, I, I mean, then the guy just goes completely off the deep end and it's, you know, like some pretty incredible anger management mm-hmm. issues, you know, and almost like a, you know, kind of obsessive compulsive with things, you know, and on one level, it's just kind of jealous boyfriend, jealous girlfriend, or husband, wife. Did, did they get married? They never got married. Um, uh, apparently there are rumors that they secretly got married in Mexico after he divorced his wife. Okay. But I think those may be just rumors. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Flamingo Hotel right now. And yeah, there's a lot of pools there now. <laughs> it might even be more than three. There's like three main pools mm-hmm. or so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Lots of pools. Yeah. Well, All right. Zooming in, zooming in. Yep. Allow us to Google Maps this for you. Yeah. We're, we're going to describe it. On an audio medium. On an audio medium. Let's describe it for you. So, we're going to describe exactly. We're going to describe close, the heck out of this. But close, if we're going to describe by. it, perhaps we need to slip into a different tone. You know, say that the pool. Welcome to is- the thirty-something <laughs> podcast. Thirty-something after dark. So, if you're looking at the map with us now, there's a Gordon Ramsay Fish and Chips, uh, really close by a Margaritaville Casino and Restaurant, Las Vegas. There's also an LA Subs and Salads. Mm, subs and salads subs and salads according to this map the paradise garden buffet is temporarily closed mm, i wonder why that might be well this has been another hey, here we go. exciting here episode we go. of the 30 something podcast after dark google maps edition i just googled uh aerial view of flamingo like circa 1950 oh perfect oh, there we go uh and i got 1955 pool view fabulous flamingo hotel and I, it's on a postcard i would hope it's fabulous he spent so much time on it i yeah so that's exciting here's the flamingo in the dunes flying over las vegas yeah it's mm. looking looking pretty good here okay yeah, so I'm 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 exploring the aerial views. Okay, there you go. Exploring Good the aerial call. views. You know, I'll let you know what I'll let you know what I what I what I find. But see, that's a, and 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 the whole thing, you know, when Bo, when you said, yeah, you'd love to go to Vegas, you see all the bright lights, all the shows, all the other stuff. That that to me is like, yeah, that, that's not my thing. Like that wouldn't be my reason for going. But looking at some of these older pictures, I'd be like, okay. Now that's kind of fun. Like looking at the old black and white with all the classic cars in the parking lot and, and that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, that, that might be kind of fun. The flashy bright lights, that kind of stuff. Now that that's, that doesn't draw me in. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was the same thing. You know, actually I mentioned the Margaritaville thing that was right next to the, the current Flamingo. Um, we were watching, uh, uh, Wheel of Fortune, like a, a a newer episode of Wheel of Fortune. And it was this whole, they were doing this whole Margaritaville theme where you could win a, I think you could win a house on one of the Margaritaville resorts. 
that you, huh, you, nice. you would own the house and you would live there and that could be like your summer home or whatever. And I'm looking at that whole thing and I'm going, yeah, no, that doesn't entice me. You know, Jimmy Buffett has retirement communities now. I, I think that's what some of these were. Oh yeah. I think See, was, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's not, uh, I don't know that the beach is, uh, is my go-to destination for, for relaxation or, yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you something else that worked for me. That scene of that seaplane landing. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That was super cool. That was, that was really cool. And I, I read a little blurb about it, about like who owned it and what the plane was and everything like that. But, um, I guess it's a dumb question. I mean, they weren't doing CGI back then, or if, if they were, the, I'm sorry. Yes, they were, but at not kind of the level of what we have now. I mean, I, were they landing? Were they landing a real seaplane there? I mean, that was yeah. that thing was gorgeous. The shot was gorgeous. Let's put it this way: they were doing CGI. They just weren't doing CGI for Bugsy. Right. Okay. No, yeah. I get it. Well, yeah. yeah, because I mean, this is the year what like T two came out. They'd already done the Abyss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 On a $30 million budget, I doubt there's, I doubt they're doing much CGI on that one at that point. Yeah. Well, and you know, Warren Beatty had other things he was focused on, I think. Okay. So this is footage. The four engine flying boat depicted as landing at Havana, Cuba for the meeting included lucky at Luciano was a 1936 Sikorsky S442B. It was owned by Pan Am. Shortly after this footage was shot, the plane was destroyed in the Japanese attack in Pearl Harbor. Hmm. Oh, wow. So, so if I'm reading that correctly, sir, if I'm reading this correctly, we have full power. Go, Sulu. <laughs> if I'm reading this correctly, that was like footage from like back in the day in the East Bay. Right. Kind of sounds like missing? it. Yeah, that's cool. That's so cool. now this movie has just attained a whole new level of awesomeness because that was a gorgeous shot. Yeah. I mean, that was I, legit. I, I, I'm with you. There is something about watching a plane land on water. Yeah. Doesn't matter the time. Doesn't matter the type of plane. Yeah. Landing and taking. Maybe it's just because visually our brains don't think it should be able to happen. I I don't know. But just think of Indiana Jones, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. plane takes off on the little river there or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime. I don't know. Always cool. Yeah. Fly. Yes. Land. No. No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the other thing this movie did well, I thought was, was balancing humor because this Mm -hmm. is not, I mean, it's not a, it's not a comedic topic. It's not funny. Like it'd be like if you tried to add, you know, almost too much humor into untouchables. But I think this one did a really nice job of balancing it because it was just such a, I don't know, something about Hollywood in that period and, the idea of Las Vegas and the, the idea of just kind of the excess. And if you wanted to show somebody being the person who dreamed up this idea, you know, I think there's gotta be a little bit of a little occasional ridiculousness uh, that ends up being kind of funny, but not to where it takes it too far. Right. You know, so I think there were definitely quite a few funny moments in this movie and that kind of helped to balance out some of the more intense, darker moments. Mm-hmm. Like when you knew Harry Greenberg was not coming back from that warehouse at the side of the train tracks. Right. No, right. you really don't want to go for a ride with them. Right. 
If he warns right, you no three kidding. times that you don't want to go for a ride, do not go for a ride. Well, yeah. And, and again, I mean, like how to, how to not sum up, but I mean, like how to just place this movie. I think it was just a, you know, a fictional, it was a fictional story using real characters mm-hmm. was almost kind of what it just seemed like. And again, you know, I mean, it's, it was a, it's a compelling story. You know, you want to know what's going to happen to these, not necessarily that you're rooting for them, mm-hmm. but you kind of want to know what happens to the main characters that they introduce to you. Yeah. Well, totally. and, and kind of that balance of And I think that's what goes back to my, my original comment of being conflicted is, you know, these characters, you know, that they're, they're cold blooded killers, but at the same time, there is a certain charm to them, mm-hmm. you know, I, having no idea what was going to happen when he, when they're driving around and he finds out that it's the, the house they stopped by is the opera singer. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you got to pull over. I, I got to pay my respects. And then he goes in there and he's like trying to buy the guy's house. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he's, he's not like, trying. Just, he does. Oh, oh, he does. He does. And, and he's asking him like, you know, just, you know, does, does this not, uh, I, I, I want to bring, I want to bring you pleasure for this. Uh, does this not bring you, ple- Oh, it does. Well, you're not smiling. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, in watching this and watching it for the first time, I'm sitting there going, is he going to hurt the guy? Yeah. Is he going to buy his house or is he going to, I don't know if he's going to kill him or not. Um, which then I think you can also kind of sum that up. I, I found this, um, the, uh, the real estate guy, Del Webb that they talk about in here, um, that was working on the Flamingo. This was on the IMDB trivia. They said, um, Many years later, Webb would recall a moment in which he and Bugsy were alone and Bugsy confided in Webb, you know, I've probably killed at least a dozen guys. When Webb yeah. became uneasy, he said Bugsy then laughed and he added, but you got nothing to worry about, Dell. We only kill each other. Right. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I think that kind of sums up, sums up that character. And, and if that was yeah. really, if that was really him and, and almost kind of his sense of humor, then it, it kind of fits well with this character too. Right. Right. And, and uh, it, I think it's important to be careful glamorizing this lifestyle a mm-hmm. little bit too much. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't, which, I don't is, which, is, why, think, which is why I think this movie did strike a good balance because right. even in the moments of, I almost hesitate to call it comedy, even in some of the mm-hmm. lighter moments where there were funny moments, you still were like, Oh, ugh, I'm still kind of uneasy about this guy or this guy still scares me. Right. Even, right. In the, even in the funny moments, I'm a little scared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, before we, uh, before we move on to our three questions, there was one other thing in here. I, I did not realize this. Um, so I guess Michelle Pfeiffer was going to play Virginia Hill. Right. And uh, so Michelle Pfeiffer dropped out of the role for playing Virginia Hill. And then a year later, when Annette Bening became pregnant, she had to drop out of filming Batman Returns. And so then Michelle Pfeiffer took over her role as Catwoman in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. That's I, crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. It, it, it would be interesting to see. Like, I, I could see her doing the Catwoman role, mm-hmm. um, especially after seeing this. I, I could yeah. see... It'd be interesting to see what Michelle Pfeiffer would bring to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could see her doing the, I mean, they're both phenomenal actresses. So yeah. I, yeah. So. All right. Do we have anything else before three questions? I, 
not really. It, it's a good movie. And um, like any of this stuff, I always just say, I think it's a good jumping off point to then get the book, get a book, get multiple books and kind of read about the topic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if this, if, if you watch this movie and it trips your interest, there is no, uh, there's no shortage of material fictional and otherwise on the mob and, and Bugsy and, and all those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go read a book. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's time for 20 dwarves to take turns doing handstands on the carpet or three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Three questions. First of the three questions this time. What is your favorite movie that features gambling? Whether that is a casino, a card game, betting of some kind. Favorite movie that features gambling? Ocean's Eleven. Excellent answer. Mm-hmm. Casino Royale. Also yes. an excellent answer. And you gentlemen stole both of my top two. So let me think of another one. Um no, I, I was actually going to say Casino Royale. Like that's probably, uh, I, I, I love the, I love Ocean's Eleven. I love that one. Um, I just, I really like the card game in Casino Royale. Yeah. How about, you know, you can take Casino Royale. I'll throw it like just for fun factor rounders. That was actually mm-hmm. going to be my third choice. Okay. That's a fun <laughs> so movie. We're, we're all in the same, we're all in the same lines here. I don't know. I don't gamble. I don't play cards. I don't have mm-hmm. a clue. So when you say you I flopped the nuts straight. Like, I don't know what that means, but that's just exciting to say. You got to be careful with that. <laughs> he, yeah, that sounds he, painful. Yeah. He was using a, a mechanics grip. I'm just mm-hmm. like, dude, that, I don't know what that I, even means, but it's exciting. I don't know, but I feel tingly now. <laughs> I, there's a sensation. I, that movie, like, like I said, rounders is just, the, it looked like everybody was having fun playing their characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like all those characters really came. The music was great. The, the costumes were great. The characters were great. I think I'm watching that movie when we're done here tonight. Like I, maybe if you want Casino Royale, I'll put rounders in there unless, you know, I'll put, cause it, like, as long as those movies get up, I mean, are there any other card game movies that, I mean, I, there's, I mean, there's a few here and there. You got, uh, well, some other kind of gambling ones. You've got Maverick you Western. Got the, you got the Maverick. You've got the Sting. Um, the Sting. You've also got uh, some great scenes in Tombstone. Yep. There's your. Yep. There it is. Nobody's that lucky holiday. Why, Ed, are we cross? <laughs> I know. Let's have a spelling contest. Ed, if if I thought we couldn't be friends, I I just don't think I could bear it. Mm -hmm. Val, if you're mowing your lawn, we really miss you. 
We'd love to have you on the show sometime. Yeah, maybe, no maybe, maybe when we do Tombstone, we can get Val Kilmer. Well, and you know, if there's a little card game going on inside of the movie, it's real, you know, gambling, it's real easy to just like throw in a whole slew of movies where, you know, mm-hmm. but is it like a, is it a, you know, I mean, you could throw in back to the future three, right? Right. Right. Which I, you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I mean, you know, so it's like, uh, there's many, many options, but the movies that it's kind of about that. Yeah. Um, Austin powers as the gambling scene. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm racking my brain for the other. I mean, there's some pool movies out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, One we reviewed for this podcast. I want to say it was the sequel. Didn't we do one that was set in the eighties? Maybe Paul Newman. And it was the sequel to the one color of money. Color color of money. money, Yeah. And that was a sequel to what? The one that had, um, the guy from the man, I can't think of his name. The guy from the honeymooners. Uh, was it the hustler? Yeah. yeah. I, it wasn't that like a pseudo, mm-hmm. you know, seek pseudo sequel to the hustler. It was uh, cause Paul Newman. Yeah. There was a, um, I was looking it up just now. The movie, the, uh, the book, the hustler, uh, Paul Newman played uh, fast Eddie, from that one okay. in the 1961 film version. Got it. And then this one is supposed to be, you know, the same character, just 1986. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Paul Newman. Uh, yeah, we did that one a while ago. Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio, John Turturro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's going to be a whole slew of gambling movies that come to mind later but right now i'm just gonna i'll say rounders or casino royale yeah or whatever we can we can share it's fine oceans is great when he's teaching uh when when uh brad pitt's teaching them all to play cards yeah look at this boys all reds (laughs) (laughs) all right let's make this even more complicated question number two what's your favorite movie from the 1940s oh come on now man come on I'll let you go I, first, Pat. I also with, like to live dangerously. I'll go with 12 o'clock high. Okay. Ooh, there we go. I got a ton of honorable mentions, but I mean, like yeah. 12 o'clock high is like my go-to. I will go back to that movie. It's a fantastic movie. I mean, you know. I uh, I came up with a couple, okay. um, but It's a Wonderful Life is probably the one that I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I stuck on. Before I give my answer, I'm just going to say um, my lovely wife did text me when she could hear me from upstairs talking about Tombstone, and she texted me and just said, should we have a spelling contest? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Favorite movie with a spelling contest. Maybe poker just isn't your game. Um, for me, favorite movie from the foot. I can answer for Jeff here and just say Casablanca. Yeah, that was on my list <laughs> yeah. as well. Yep. So Casa Jeff, even, even, though you're, even though you're not here with us, I, I feel like I can confidently answer that one for you. Yep. Um, yeah, for me, 1940s, I think it's probably got to be It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Would be mine too. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but I I think I got to go with It's a Wonderful Life. Um, 
I, I do still like Citizen Kane, but I think It's a Wonderful Life is obviously a little bit more rewatchable for me. Um, the other one that I don't want to put it on the same level as It's a Wonderful Life, but it's one that I would watch just as frequently uh, as Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I was wondering yeah. if that one was going to come up. I watched that over and over as a kid, and I would still watch it over and over now. Yeah. I'm going to say um, I'll throw in there a couple honorable mentions. 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. Love that mm. film. Great movie. Um, the Seahawk with Errol Flynn. Mm. That, one was nice. a, that one was a favorite growing up. Watched, a, watched the heck out of that one. Almost as much as Captain Blood. Almost as mm. much. Mm-hmm. But I ended up watching Captain Blood. And Captain Blood was 30s. So. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to throw in 30 seconds over Tokyo and, uh, the Seahawk. Maybe I'm going to watch the Seahawk tonight. Maybe not rounders. Maybe I'll watch the Seahawk. Uh, I'm also, as my honorable mention, I'm going to throw in the Wolfman. Ah, nice. Good old Lon Chaney Jr. Used to watch those all the time. I mean, we must have had because we didn't own them on VHS, so we must have just caught them on TV and, and my dad recorded them. Because I just remember watching some of those over and over again. You know, a lot of those like mm-hmm. the classic, the Universal monster movies. Right. Yeah. All right. Question number three, last one. If you had a briefcase full of cash, which celebrity's house would you want to buy? Oh, and I will back it up. I was going to mention this earlier. Um, I did look it up because I was curious. The $60,000 that he gives for uh, the opera singer's house, um, mm-hmm. I believe in today's value would be $1.2 million. Okay. So. Yeah, that house is worth more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you had a briefcase full of cash, what celebrity's house are you going to buy? The Wrigley Estate in Lake Geneva. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Any any particular uh, other than it being the Wrigley Estate? Any other particular it, reasons why? It's a beautiful old mansion on a absolute metric ton of land. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the estate itself still sits on enough land to hold a full polo match. Okay. Um, just and it's right on the it's right on the lake, like. In that when you do the architectural tour of the lake up there, they drive you by it and say, look, there's the Wrigley. <laughs> like, it's on the lake. Oh, nice. it's beautiful. And I grew I, my grandfather owned an older style. Um, I can't remember if it's actually a Van Doren Shaw or it was actually a Van Doren Shaw house, but that style of house in Lake Forest mm-hmm. growing up. So I have this weird affection for that style of construction too, which yep. just love it. Nice. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pat? What celebrity's house you got to buy? You know, this, you know, I'll tell you if, if he was ever selling, you know, I guess, uh, motorcycle racer Colin Edwards has like a whole like compound around his house for dirt track motorcycles, you mm. know, like dirt bikes and super cross tracks and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think, I think that would be pretty awesome. Um, 
I know like a lot of the motorcycle guys have it. They have a lot of land and they have like big dirt tracks set up and everything. I know like the Hayden brothers down in Kentucky have it. Um, I want to say Kenny Roberts in Modesto, California has it, but I, I guess I would go for something like that. You know, if I was buying a celebrity house, um, you know, as opposed to doing like the jerk move and going, I'd find out which celebrity lives on the West coast of Ireland in a small cottage and buy that, you know, like, I don't want to do that kind of thing. Uh, cause that's kind of cheating the question, but I'd have to say, yeah, I'd say one of the, one of the motorcycle racers that has like a, like a track set up or, or, you know, something like that for, for running bikes. That would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. For this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I care. I don't know that I care too much about the, I mean, it'd be nice to get a house that like could be somewhat remote. So you could mm-hmm. like, if you wanted to just like be away from things and people and whatnot, you'd have a house that's kind of out and remote somewhere. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say I would walk in and I would buy Mark Hamill's house. There you go. Cause I figure Mark, right on. I figure Mark Hamill's probably going to have some pretty cool movie memorabilia. I feel like he's the kind of guy that would collect stuff. So if you were just going to walk into a house and buy it and everything in it, like I, I kind of figure he might have a collection that would be kind of fun to just buy right. right, buy right off him. And I'm sure his house probably isn't too shabby either. I mean, he's got right. that. He's, he's, he's making that Disney money now. So. Right. Yeah. Did I complete tangent? Uh, did you guys read any of the articles that came out fairly recently that uh, Disney is trying to, any of these are all rumor uh, that Disney is trying to get Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford to come back to star Wars. Interesting. Yeah. That's exciting. Like, well, uh, okay. Um, Mickey just want to let you know they, they did. So, yeah. uh, the, their characters died. You, you done killed them. But they're, at this they're, point, they're, they're, I they're mean, dead. you can do stuff out of timeline. It's not. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're dead, Mr. Coach Klein. They're sequel prequels. Right. Exactly. Well, now we, now we know from the, uh, it wasn't the Clone Wars. It was Rebels. There's, um, there's time travel in Star Wars. So. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can always do time travel and bring them back. Nine point six, nine point seven, nine point eight. I need thruster control. I was just expecting that uh, Doc Brown would show up in a DeLorean. Great Scott, (laughs) Luke, it's your kids, Luke. Something (laughs) must be Anakin. It's your kids. (laughs) Yeah. What what, do they turn into jerks or something? Well, I mean, your your son's a little whiny, but your daughter's a bit of a rebel, and your son's a little whiny. He just wants to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Yeah, if only we were that lucky. Oh, and see, I see Sharon can hear me from upstairs, so she also texted me because, as as a converted nerd, she now understands. She texted me and, and she just said, "No one fully dies." Mm. This is true. Well played. The force is strong with this one. Mm-hmm. Touche. Mm-hmm. Touche. When you when you know the rules of sci-fi and comic book movies, it's number one, don't be the first stormtrooper through the door. And number two, no one is truly ever dead. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for the three questions. That's going to do it for Bugsy. So thank yeah. you for joining us for this one. Um, yeah, fun movie. Fun movie. And, and like you guys said, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. This is one of those movies where it's a fun movie to watch. Um, it's got great writing, great characters, great visuals, just the way it's filmed. And then if you want to get kind of the real history, it's a good jumping off point to like just go grab some books. Yeah. And read up on the the history of Vegas or read up on Bugsy Siegel or, you know, any of these characters. Right. Just remember, don't call him Bugsy. I don't yeah. call him, not to his face, at least. Just Right. Just got to be careful. Be the last that. thing you do. Probably would be. That was the last thing those 20 dwarves who did handstands on that. That's the last thing they ever did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can find more of us at 30podcast.com. We are at 30podcast on a lot of the different social medias, Instagram, Twitter, uh, FaceTube, you know, any of those. And uh, Pat, you're, you're still not on social media, are you? Uh, no, I do this. And um, you're, not, you're not on the uh, uh, Twit FaceTube? I, I don't do space, space Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't do Insta chat. Yeah. I don't do Facegrams my, my, or any of that kind of. My Instagram book? No, yeah, yeah, I don't. But you know, it, but seriously, like, uh, it's so cool. Like the people that reach out through it, like, and so uh, they send messages to you to give to me. Which <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost like a Longmire situation, which yeah. is pretty cool. Like, it's just like, hey, Pat, someone reached out on Twitter. <laughs> they want me to tell you this. I, I oh, do tell I, them that. I think it's hilarious that you compared it to Longmire because that's exactly how I feel every time I get <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, you could get your own phone at some point. It's good. Well, I'm not going to say because that could give spoilers for Longmire. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do that. And I'm not as cool as long as Walt Longmire, but. Well, I mean, I give it a few years. I mean, he's older than you, so. Yeah. He's got some years. I have to, you know, I got some catching up. You can get caught up. That's fine. That's fine. Um, all right, so don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the Scene Stealers Retro Podcast Network yes. by heading over to scenestealersglobal.com uh, and then heading over to our website, like I said earlier, 30podcast.com. Our next episode's coming up. Uh, for the rest of May, we've got The Last Boy Scout is next week. We've got Point Break. We've also got coming up in June, Ricochet, JFK, Naked Gun 2.5, Hot Shots, and Toy Soldiers with our Patreon-exclusive episode, Guns of the Navarone, or, or I'm sorry, The Guns yes. of Navarone, 1961. TNT. Yes. Yep. Uh, July, we've got King Ralph, The Commitments, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Hook, with our uh, Patreon episode being the book review of the Heir to the Empire Thrawn trilogy of Star Wars when do we books. Need, when do we need those read by? Um, we'll probably record that one sometime in middle of June. All right, man. So you, got, gonna... you got like, what, eight weeks, maybe? Oh, man, we're going to fire that sucker yeah. up. I've, I've been doing the audiobook, so. Okay. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Anybody otherwise, cool read it by chance? Y- you know what? It's funny you say that because the audiobook I had that my dad bought for, bought for me for Christmas in either 91 or 92, um, and that was the first, like, I didn't know there was new Star Wars, and he bought me that audiobook. Um, well, that was one of the first new Star Wars. It was. It was the first. I, I yeah, believe it was, it was the I first. The only thing thing that had been written other than that until then might have been Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Uh, no, Splinter of the Mind's Eye was before Empire came out. Right, but I mean, yeah. the only thing non-movie that had been written 
at there, that point. Well, the Dark Horse comics, but well, there was a there was like a three book um, Han Solo trilogy, and then there That's was also true. and a there's a Lando. Lando. Trilogy. I forgot about yeah. that. It's funny because I have those. Yeah, I have those old those old. I forgot about those, yeah. but like, but yeah, no, when yeah, that first, came out, it was a big deal, man. Yeah, because I remember it was and, so and, cool, and I remember I opened it up and I was like, wait, there's there's new Star Wars. Yeah, are you kidding me? And I remember, yeah. just, I remember going nuts for it and that, you know, everything just kind of blew up from there again. Um, but the original, so the, the version I've been listening to lately, I don't remember the name of the person and, and vocally he is more expressive than the original person I had on the old cassette tape that I used to have. Um, the old cassette tape that I used to have was, um, I'm blanking out on the actor's name, um, Dennis Lawson. It was Wedge. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. He was the original narrator of the cassette copy that I had from back in 92 or whenever it was. And so it's funny now that I listen to this. I mean, it's almost word for word the exact same reading, but it's like, well, that's not how he said it before. That's not how he pronounced that name before. Yeah. Well, mm. Maybe Wedge was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Wedge would always be right. Well, he should be. Yeah. He mm -hmm. should be. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they came to try to get him to re-record it, you know, for the anniversary version years later. And he was like, sorry, guys, I can't do any more good back here. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Wow. He just veered off. He probably pulled up in his car and then he had to veer off in his car as he drove away. That was good. Right. That was well played. Thank you. Ah, that got Try. him. Nice shot, Chanson. <laughs> you want, wait, you want me to read this book as an audio book? Look at the size of that thing. Detached cable. I feel like we're starting another recording of Empire Strikes Back now. We never got much past Hoth. I think we should call we the didn't. guy. Let's I, get them all back and let's, you know. That needed to be. <laughs> basically, it's Zack Snyder's uh, Empire Strikes Back podcast recording. That's that's it's, it. It's now four hours long. This is the pod that never ends. That's true. We that's just true. go on and on, my friends. And so I'm not even sure I've I've listed these yet, but we're close enough to it now. I mean, we're only like two months away. Um, now I, I can reveal possibly for the first time what our August podcast episodes will be. Um, I don't have the Patreon episode nailed down yet, Ooh. so we can we can talk about that. But um, August August is going to be. Tons oh. of fun. Mm. Uh, gentlemen, we start August with episode number 365. So if you want to listen to an episode of our podcast, you could listen to one a day for an entire year. Wow. And, you, and you would not have to repeat at that point. That is mighty. Mm -hmm. Episode number 365 is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, wow. 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 But wait, there's more. Wow. Mm. Episode number 366, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, Very so nice. awesome. So awesome. Station. Episode number 367, Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. Oh, my gosh. You should have listened to me. It was arrogant presumption. We need breathing room. Earth, Hitler, 1930. <laughs> um. Guess who's coming to dinner? I doubt very much that our 
Hence the word sabotage. Sabotage. Uh, I've never forgotten that. Actually, I explained that to my family one time. <laughs> They're like something came out. I don't know if it was like a, a, a we were watching Jeopardy or something, and the word sabo came up, and I paused because it was on Netflix. So I paused it and I was like, uh, and so they throw they threw their wooden shoes into the machine. Hence the word sabotage. sabotage. And I think everybody just stared at me. The greatest gen guys just. Drag that line read so hard. Yep. And it is kind of a rough line read. I'll give them that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not to be outdone, our last episode of August for this year is Suburban Commando. Oh, it's a nice (laughs) place to live. But I wouldn't want to visit. No. Uh Oh, my. So, So that's what we got coming up. There's a lot of right. good stuff coming up between finishing it's an exciting off May, summer and May, can we June, not July? talk about yep. September too soon because no. I don't want to picture Mm-mm. summer being over yet. No, nope. no, nope. I'm gonna, not mentally we're gonna, prepared for that. We're going to hold off on that one for a while. So, yeah, yeah. gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. So thank you, Pat. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, thank, John. Thank you, John, very much. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And hey, you know what? Everybody deserves a fresh start every once in a while. Mm -hmm. See y'all next time.